How's it going, everyone? Thanks again for joining us on another episode of Helping Others Win with HowTear. My name is Marcid Hatcher, one of the managing principals of the HowTear Group. Today, I have two of my partners, Mr. Dennis Earls and Ennis Williams, and two very esteemed guests uh, that I'm looking forward to having you all meet today. So I want to start with some introductions, if I can. We're having my partners introduce themselves, and then I'll ask our guests if they can introduce themselves, um, and then we'll get into, you know, some more questions. So, uh, Dennis, if I can Microphone ask you. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. Dennis Earls. <laughs> uh, Dennis Earls, managing partner for the Halter Group, commercial real estate, 25 plus years in the industry. Multifamily is my specialty. Here to try to provide as much information and knowledge as possible to um, educate all of you about what we are doing today. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Dave. And if you can introduce yourself. Yeah, I see Dennis is real comfortable with the mic now. So we've only been a short amount of time, I mean, but Dennis we, got it. We, he, do, yeah, we do this more, more and more. I'm going to be a pro, man. Gosh. Uh, Ennis Williams, uh, again, one of the managing members of uh, the Halter Group, on my own investment agency, really just giving people the information, knowledge, and understanding of whether or not this is a good fit for them, uh, if they so choose. Yeah, really excited to be here and uh, get some information Questions answered, all of that. Excellent. Pull out your pen and pad, put pen and paper, learn today. Pull it out, pull it out. All right. We got through the boring part of this. Now I want to get to our <laughs> guest over here. Um, we'll start with ladies first. Absolutely. So uh, if we can have you introduce yourself <laughs> with that beautiful smile. And while you're introducing yourself, you know, give us a little bit about your background, what you do, even where you're from. Cool. Um, my name is Kamika Dillard. I'm from L.A., I actually work in the tech space um, and strategy. Um, I also own a couple of businesses. So I'm an entrepreneur, not even on the side. It's another full-time job. And I'm <laughs> yes. probably one of the earlier investors in Haltier. So, um, yeah, happy to be here. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us, too. And she's been awesome, by the way. Awesome. Nice. <laughs> Your turn. My name is Anthony Trozera. I've been in the mortgage space since about 2003. Uh, lived through the crash. Mm -hmm. Now we're back again. Mm -hmm. Yes. Looks like we're going in the same direction. Another crash coming. Yes. <laughs> you get used to it after a while. Mm -hmm. um, met a uh, person who introduced me, uh, me to the group was Anthony Tabor. We were working in the mortgage space together and he was mm -hmm. looking for something a little bit more. Okay. And uh, he just pitched Halter as another way to get into real estate without having to do everything myself, which, right. you know, I mean, as anybody who knows who deals with real estate, it can be daunting. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, born and raised in San Bernardino. Honestly, I just kind of fell into real estate because some friends were into it and they were pitching how great it was. Right. Mm -hmm. On the investment side, on the mortgage side, on the real estate side, I know everybody across the entire business. So. Mm -hmm. I've just I've seen it for the last 20 years and it was just time to start kind of putting myself into the more investing side instead of just the legwork side. So here I am. Nice, nice, mm -hmm. nice. So Anthony referred Anthony. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's funny because I go by Tony, right? And, and so I was like, all right, Tony. He's like, Anthony. And I was like, well, I mean, that's all right. <laughs> all right, all right we'll Anthony. Make, we make, we'll make sure we call you Tony today. So, <laughs> no, so you already started with giving us a little bit about your background as yeah. far as uh, your knowledge of real estate and everything. So why don't you, um, if you can elaborate just a little bit, just in, in regards to, you know, what you know about investing, how comfortable you are in the space. And even if you want to get into the different types of investments that you that you may have, I mean, feel free to share that as well. Okay, okay. You might have to cut me off a little bit. So feel free to I, I, I jump in 
there. Um, you got the mic. <laughs> investment side, um, I'm a little everywhere. I mean, I have friends who deal with crypto, friends that deal with uh, options trading, mm -hmm. friends that just deal with stocks. So, I mean, everything from a 401k to, you know, just throwing my money into a, a platform to try and see where it'll go. I mean, I've, I've dabbled a little bit of everything. Real estate, always been interested in. Family owns some real estate. Mm -hmm. I have friends that own, own, have owned real estate and I've seen... Uh, you know, I was on the wholesale side with mortgage from 03 to 08, and then I've been in uh, the customer-facing side with, you know, consumer direct lending mm -hmm. ever since. Mm -hmm. um, so I've seen it. I mean, I deal with people, I mean, I deal with probably anywhere between five to 10 people a day looking to buy a house, whether it's for their kids, mm -hmm. for their wife, for their families. A lot right now is built on the investment side. People built a lot of equity over the last three years with the pandemic, mm -hmm. and they're looking to do something with that, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously moving into a bigger house, and taking that equity they have in the house and turning it into a rental property. Mm -hmm. um, so I've always been interested in the rental side and, you know, because obviously real estate's a huge investment for people. Residual income, whether it appreciates in value and you sell it or whether you rent it on a monthly basis and you just keep the residual income to supplement your regular income. Right. Real estate's always going to be an amazing asset. I mean, it's the one thing they're land, right? It's the one thing they're not making any more of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And everybody who in 2007 and eight said, I'm getting out of real estate, I'll never go back, I'll never get the value back in my house. Their house is worth about three times what it was now. Right. So no matter what you do, you go the long term, whether it's two, five, 10 years, your property's gonna appreciate. Yeah. It's just what we've seen since what? The 80s, yeah. 70s. I mean, you gotta mm -hmm. think back in the 70s and 60s, people were buying houses for 50, 40, 50,000. And I'm talking like three bedroom houses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Think about what that goes for. Right, 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 think if you'd have bought it back then and you were renting it out now. That's right. Now, the thing about Halter that interested me is it's it's more commercial. It's multi-unit. Mm -hmm. I do like the single family mm -hmm. aspect of things, but I like Halter because it allows me to be a passive investor, mm -hmm. at least from what Anthony was saying, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody wants rental property. Everybody wants to get into it, but mm -hmm. nobody, not a lot of people have 15 to 25% down on their own. And then you got to start to think about being woken up at two, three in the morning because somebody's think <laughs> backed up or we just talked about that. <laughs> right. So <laughs> everybody wants to invest in property until they got to wake up or they got to spend their whole weekend fixing something. Yes, you know what right. I mean? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And now you take that two, three, four, five rental properties, and that starts to expand exponentially. Now you're literally all your free time is eaten up with maintenance. Yeah. Yep. So you think hiring a property management company, but with rates being where they are, property values being where they are nowadays, you're lucky to squeeze out 10% a month. Now, if you're paying that 10% to a property management company, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Or you're negative. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So I like the idea of Halter because I get to be a passive investor. I get to invest. I get to put my money into it and I don't have to come up on 50 to 100,000 out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. I can put in as much as I want and I still see the same return. Mm -hmm. Difference is I'm not doing the legwork, mm -hmm. right. which is what I appreciate about it. On top of that, I've always been interested in multifamily because single families are great until it stands vacant for two months yeah, and you're making true. that payment yourself. Very right. True. Multifamily, there's always somebody making the payment. Yeah, right. You're always getting that return. So yeah. that's kind of why I felt towards Halter is I wanted to invest in real estate and property. I didn't want to do 100% of the legwork myself. Not that I'm opposed to it, but mm -hmm. I'm kind of opposed to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. <laughs> so it, it gave me the opportunity to do some things I'd been thinking about for a long time. Right. And kind of dip my toe into it. And then the more I started looking at it, the more interested I became. And then, like I said, Anthony was like, hey, I, I was talking to him about investing in real estate. And he was like, hey, you want to try something out? And mm -hmm. he's a good friend. So yeah. trustful. I was like, yeah, sure. Here's some money. Go do with it. You know, you touched on something earlier about the crash. Yeah. And a lot of investors, that's a common question of well, the crash is coming. Is it coming? Did it pass? What's going to happen? How should we navigate the crash? Right. Yeah. What similarities are you seeing from the crash before? 
to now? It's a different world now. Even if we did see some dip in the market, it's not going to be mm -hmm. the same as was in 0708, I believe. Mm -hmm. Obviously, nobody knows, right? If I could predict that, mm -hmm. we very well could see a different type of crash. <laughs> right. At least from my opinion and what I read and being in it, uh, 0708, was, Wall Street was heavily involved, right? That's right. So when you saw one bank fall, you saw about four or five fall right afterwards. Mm -hmm. We just saw last week and in the last month, we saw three banks, two, I'm sorry, two, two banks, banks fail. That's right. And now they've listed another three as mm -hmm. at high risk. Mm -hmm. But I think we learned from that last one. So I don't think we're going to see the same kind of dip we saw last time. Okay. Mm -hmm. At least I'm hoping, right? Because I'm in mortgages and that's my livelihood. Right. <laughs> It'd be real inconvenient. I mean, you know, you go through something like that once and you're like, you don't want to do it again. Let's not do that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. But I mean, when you look at real estate and property too, you think during the crash where property values dipped, I mean, you're talking 30, 40% across the country. Yeah. They lost value overnight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, I'll never get it back. So a lot of people were selling their property and getting out where they still had something. But mm -hmm. had they held on to it, where would they be today? That's right. right, right, right Their right. investment would have tripled. That's right. right. Exactly. Property is always a solid investment. Stable? Right. Eh, it depends on the market. That's right. And what you're looking to do, yeah. right? If you're looking to rent, yeah. If you're looking for selling it because it's appreciated in value, well, now you're really kind of playing the market. Yep. You're kind of right. hoping that... Yep. Uh, Yep, yep. You don't see the big dips. Mm -hmm, exactly. But I don't think we'll see like we did in so 708. I, I, I mean, the government's more involved now and they're looking to make sure that we don't have that same problem. Absolutely. How do you feel working in the mortgage industry like this in lending, right? And a lot mm -hmm. of people, especially coming to us, are, you know, saying, well, what about the rates, right? The rates right now, right? What do we do with the, with the rates? Yeah. What are the conversations that, that you're having right now? Everybody focuses on the rate. Mm-hmm. It's the worst thing to focus on. I never focus on rates. As you shouldn't. Ever. What you need to focus on is the payment. Yep. Are you comfortable with it? Can you afford it? Mm -hmm. uh, one thing I, um, I've i done with some of my customers recently, you know, just, you know, because, you know, you have that conversation, you build that relationship. Mm -hmm. Rates are going to go up. Rates are going to go down, right? Mm -hmm. Think about it this way. Everybody in, what, 17 and 18, rates weren't high, mm -hmm. but they were up there. Mm -hmm. You know, they were up there as far as the generational. Mm -hmm. And then we saw the pandemic come out of nowhere and, you know, I don't think we'll ever see rates like that again. Me I mean, you're either. talking- 2%, 1%, I mean, it's- Yeah. You look at a 10-year bond since its inception, it's never been that low. Cheap, exactly. right, cheap, cheap. Exactly. So I mean, you, rates go up and go down, but you gotta figure everybody who had a home refinanced, right? Right. Focus on the payment, right? Mm -hmm. So can you afford the payment now? Because if rates go down, you're gonna refinance anyway. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Now, the way I put it to most people, at least some of the people I talk to, and that's all they focus on is, you know, compared to buying a car, right? You went and bought your car. What are the two things you focused on? Mm -hmm. How much do I got to put down? Mm -hmm. What's my monthly payment? Monthly yeah. payment. Here's exactly. how much I want to pay on a month. Exactly. Yeah. I guarantee you ask 80, 90% of people what their interest rate was on their car and they have no idea. Yeah. Right. That's the truth. Yeah. 18, yeah. 19, 20%. Right. <laughs> but what were they focused on? Driving the car off the lot and looking good. Yes. And How much would it cost giving this month? image that may not or be true or, or yeah. not, right? Exactly. But they're paying 20% rate. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. They focused on here's how much I had to put down. That's right. Here's how much I can afford a month. Yeah. How should be treated the same way? Right. Because you got to figure if rates drop, and we've already seen a dip since last November, a significant dip. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're selling rates. I was looking at last November, I was like, is this the 80s again? <laughs> there was double digits in the 80s. I mean, Reagan era was 12, 13, 14%. And that's we're, if you knew somebody. We're 6% yeah. right it's now. Like eight, I mean, like some of the people yeah. I knew. Yeah. yeah. People are spoiled on a 2% rate. Yeah. 2.5%, 3% rate. That, They're spoiled. I think that's because what happens is, is that, and I talk to a lot of my, my clients that, you know, as an advisor, I, I manage people's assets. I tell them that real estate should be a part of their, their journey. Yes. 
And in that comes the question of, well, I'm not buying anything right now because of, you know, the rates. And I tell people, especially young people, right, because they've come into a world where all they've known is low interest rate environment, yeah. right? Like the lowest, right? Not saying that now is not low, right? Yeah. The lowest interest rate environment. They grew up in this world. So now they believe that's how the world should be going forward. Spoiled. Yeah. And in my in my situation, I'm trying to let them know, no, there were people buying houses before you at 18% mm -hmm. who loved every bit of it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And when I bought my first house, it was at, you know, 7% and I was ecstatic, yeah. right? 2007, but you know, <laughs> it happens, right? Mm -hmm. So what you have to, what people have to understand is that it, there's ebbs and flows in this, but now always, always is a great time to own real estate. Yeah. And that's the key piece of what we try to teach and tell everyone, because we still get those same questions now, right? I was on the golf course last week. Somebody asked me, you guys still buying property in this interest rate environment? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Creatively. Right? That's exactly what we do, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's the, the key piece in understanding that there's, it's always a good time to buy, yeah. right? You just have to jump in, yeah. right? Just like I tell people when, as, as it relates to investing, when should I get in the market? Today, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> always, yeah. you're always gonna wanna get in yeah. because timing it is never gonna work. Yeah. Right. Right? Never gonna work. Never gonna work when you're trying to time what yeah. you do as it relates to the market. And, and before we get too far away, I wanna make sure we, we let uh, our other guest here. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we get into it. Right? Yeah, we get into it. I want to make sure we get into it. Yeah. Just jump in. <laughs> just jump in with you. Know, I, I get it, but I think, um, and it's just made a great point, like you're never going to be able to match your timing. Like mm -hmm. there's no perfect time to invest. So I thought for me, when I lived in Atlanta, which I moved in 2012, and this is before everyone started coming to Atlanta, but in a certain area, my zip code was 30318. You could buy a nice house for 150000 mm -hmm. Now those Jesus. houses Ooh. are six, going for six, seven, yeah. eight thousand. Yeah, mm -hmm. in Atlanta, mm -hmm. but like the area code, this is not that far from Bankhead. So if any of your mm -hmm. listeners understand <laughs> Atlanta, those homes now off of Bankhead, which is now Donald Lee How, um, Highway, but yeah, now they're going for that much. So I always felt like I missed out on investing. So when Marcid approached me with the opportunity to invest in house here, I definitely didn't want to be late as like, I call myself a first generation investor. I think there's a lot of fear um, in terms of, oh my gosh, should I put my money with this person or should I put my money here? I talked to Ennis before I made the decision. I was super heavy in stock. So I'm grateful to work for um, a very well-established, <laughs> a very generous, generous tech company, company um, <laughs> who, when I, when I came on um, four and a half years ago, gave me a nice little stock bump. And then, you know, every year we get more and more stock. Um, all that to say that my investment portfolio was a little heavy on stock. And I just knew that the market was definitely not going to stay this bullish, <laughs> um, which I'm glad I had the conversation with Ennis and was like, hey, you know, should I sell some of the stock, you know, and took the I sold some of the stock, put it in um, two of the Haltier, um properties. So I feel fortunate because I, I took it out um, before the stock before dropped. The, before the <laughs> dropped dramatically, like dramatic. <laughs> we're talking dramatic stock, yes. stock drop. So and even so, it's still not at its lowest. Like right. it's still performing very well. Yeah. But it was a need and desire to have a more diversified portfolio. And kind of what Tony was saying, like that is not my skill set. I don't know real estate, unlike everyone else on the 
this on the, on a panel who are very like vested in real estate understand it that's not where my talents lie now ask me to like wrap up a strategy or whip out a strategy for your <laughs> operational plans i can do all that mm -hmm. but real estate is not where my talents lie so I like opportunities where I don't have to do heavy lifting. So I'm already seeing the returns. I feel comfortable with the returns I've seen so far. And I don't have the expectation that it's going to be like the safest vehicle right now. But considering everything that's happening with the market, the uncertainty with the banks, the uncertainty with with the interest rates hmm. and understanding that a lot of people just can't afford to invest in single family homes. So what does that do to the market? It pushes more people into apartment buildings. So that multifamily, you know, type of investment, I feel really safe and comfortable in right now, um, which is why I made a d decision to diversify the way I diversified. So mm. awesome, awesome, awesome. But that was powerful because, you know, one thing Kamika says, if you cannot afford a house, you're moving over into apartments, right? So let's think that through for a minute. If you don't own residential, single family, townhome, condo, you're living somewhere. Mm -hmm. where, you, where are you living, right? Odds are you're living in an apartment building. Mm -hmm. You're paying someone's rent. You're paying rent to Halter Group, and Halter Group is taking your rent and paying our investors, right? So it's very powerful that if you do not own, you're going to rent. And if you're going to rent, you want to be a landlord that's collecting that rent. Exactly. Exactly. Thanks for that comment, D. Um, Kamika, going back to, to what you mentioned just in regards to being a first generational investor. So you mentioned talking to Ennis before you decided to invest in Halter. Then you also referred to the, you know, the trust that me and you have built over the years. Was there anything else that went into that decision just as, in regards to just doing your own due diligence up front? Like, was it the presentation that you listened to or what any other things that you want to throw out? So I don't invest or I don't put my money anywhere willy-nilly. If you know me, I am very meticulous about where I put my money. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've known Marcy, um, we were just having a conversation, gosh, like almost 30 years at this point, which is just crazy to think about it because I only look like I'm 25. But, hey, I'm not, uh, <laughs> like, how um, old are you? <laughs> but um, I will do research, research, research before I make any type of move with any type of money. So I can be frank in saying, like, I have an investment of 40000 um with Haltair. Um, which is nothing to sneeze at for a first time investor. I'm sure there's other investors that have more, but before I chose to put my money in, you know, in a syndicate investment, I wanted to understand more of it. And I had heard a lot about it. You see it on, you know, advertisements for, you could put like $3 a month or whatever and invest hmm. in apartments or any type of property like a syndicate. So I did research on what is a syndicate? What does this mean? You know, is this a Ponzi scheme? I'm always like nervous about those types of things. Kamika, I can't do jail time. <laughs> not, and, not the only one. Yeah. And so, you know, I, you know, I did a lot of investment. Like I had these conversations and, you know, and this wasn't the only person I talked to. I talked mm. to quite a few other people in the industry who I knew would be, you know, give me good advice yeah. um, because I didn't want to go and share my knowledge or say to others because I brought other um, of more of my friends along um, to this investment group. I didn't want to sell them short like, hey, like, oh, I don't know anything about it. No, I've done my research and 
you know, another aspect of me wanting to invest, like, you know, we're black and well, not you, Tony, but I think that sometimes <laughs> there's some hesitancy in putting your money with your people. Yep. Um, and I didn't want to do that. And I felt like I've missed, like I was saying, missed out on so many opportunities yeah. to invest where, you know, you're scared, like, oh, they're going to get me. They're going to take my money. You got to take a leap somewhere. So after research, talking to Marcy, because if, you know, I lose my money, I'm going to come to Marcy house and get my money. But, <laughs> you know, I made the choice to make the investment. I invited others to make the investment. Like it was really easy conversation. And I think like my word is bond. Like, you know, I don't play with my money, y'all. Like when I tell you, I do not play with my money. Part of being a first generation investor yeah. and almost part of being a black woman anyways, is a lot of your financial burden comes from your family. You know, I take care mm. of my mom. My mom is 83. Mm-hmm. You know, I take care of her financially. I don't have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to go into whatever my next phase of life is, you know, whether it be kids or marriage and not have financial backing, diverse, you know, portfolio. I want to be able to start building on generational wealth. So, hey, I'm not just now the first generation investor. Like I'm bringing my nephews on. I'm bringing my great nephews on. Like I'm bringing my kids on. So you got to start somewhere. And it was just really easy for me to start with these guys because I trusted them. I love it. I love it. That's something to applaud too. Preach. Definitely got to say that. Now. I love it. Hey, cheers to you for taking that leap. I mean, in, in, in one of our other episodes, we talk about, you know, so many individuals who have yet to take that leap, right? And and for all of the reasons that you've mentioned, plus many more, but at some point you have to look yourself in the mirror, something that Dennis has mentioned and, and, and get out there and do it. So we yeah. appreciate you for joining us too help others win. Um, (laughs) And I will say like, you know, the entry point, when you think about the grand scheme of things, and I'm not about to avocado toast the millennials, like say, you know, don't buy Starbucks or anything, but (laughs) you know, if if you save a thousand dollars a month, you know, you could make this investment in a year. And that was one of the things I always ask Marcy, what's next? Mm-hmm. Like, what y'all, what y'all got going on next? Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's too late. I want to make sure folks understand there's going to continue to be opportunities. I see where, okay. where these guys are going. I like the vision. Start saving your coins now. It is not too late. And even if you can't save it, one, one of the funds that we were looking with my nephew, he was like, well, auntie, you know, can I, can, can I give you 5,000? Like, Let's put together our money and go Mm -hmm. and figure this out. Mm -hmm. Like, I just think there's so many ways for us to get money together. Mm -hmm. And we don't talk enough about money. Like, Mm -hmm. it's so secretive. No one wants to say, Mm -hmm. hey, I don't have $10,000. All right, that's fine. Let's figure a way to get Mm -hmm. it together. There's just a lot of money out here. Like, we're just not tapped into it. We're not having enough conversations. Mm -hmm. That's why I love that you're having this podcast and you're trying to help others win. We have to have more candid conversations about how to raise capital, how to save, how to get to this point, because it's not impossible. Yep. Well, how, how do we do that? Because, you know, within our community, there's a trust issue, right? There's a disparity of wealth. Mm-hmm. So how do we attack that? You know, how do we address that? So when I graduated from business school at the end of 2011, me and a couple of my girlfriends who are some of my best friends today, we made a vow that we would always talk to each other about salary. Mm. We will always talk to each other about salary. One of my mentors, see knowledge is power, told me, hey, they're going to send you an offer because you get all excited. It's your first offer. You don't take that offer. You Mm -hmm. have to go back and ask for something. 
So, you know, I went back, I got my offer from AT&T. I'm never going to forget this. And we wrote out a script, me and my best friend, Jacqueline. We were like, okay, this is what we're going to say. Cause she also got the offer from, from um, AT&T. This is what we're going to say. This is what we're going to ask for. You know, this is how our approach is. It just started with a conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm not in competition with my friends. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think we got to like get out of that mindset Ooh. that if I tell you something, it's not going to take away from my ability to win. Mm-hmm. Like my not, I don't want to hoard knowledge. Mm-hmm. Who does that serve? Like I'm not in competition with Marcy. Like mm-hmm. I'm not in competition with Ennis. I tell people stuff because I think we all can win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. how do we start the conversation? Somebody got to say something somewhere like, <laughs> Hey, mm-hmm. like this is how much I'm making right now, girl. Like, or, hey, I can't afford this because this is my budget for things. Like, we don't have enough of just basic conversations right. because you're, you you want to have that perception. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a ton of money or, you know, you don't want to tell people maybe I don't have it. Even right now, an example of more recent, uh, my recent times, I just moved from Seattle to LA and my move, I had to pay cash for it. It was an $8,000 move. And you know, I don't normally keep a lot of cash. I have, I don't believe in having a lot of cash in my accounts. It's just me. I want to have it working for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm cash poor in my eyes. So, you know, I want to go out and enjoy my friends. Hey girl, I know normally I'm okay with splitting this bill five ways evenly. I can't do it. My budget is $40 because I paid $8,000 for the move. Oh, wow, girl, you paid $8,000 for a move? I had no clue. Like, it's now about transparency so Mm -hmm. others can know there's no shame behind it. And I'm not going to allow, like, numbers or perception from what social media is telling folks, especially what social media is telling folks, to hinder my ability to do what's best for me. Mm -hmm. So put aside the ego, you know, always try to see where is it coming from? Is it being ego driven? No, no, no. Mm -hmm. Let's have the conversation about how much money we're making, how much we're saving, where is your money going? That doesn't do anything but help us all win. Mm -hmm. And I just want us all to win. That's dope. what's, What's crazy about that is, you know, I have a client of mine who had, uh, you know, come into a very large sum of money. And one of the conversations that we had was, you know, the client deciding that they weren't going to tell their children about the money. And I said, that's the worst mistake that you mm-hmm. can make. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you need to let your children know what position you're in, how the money is moving, how the money is working, what you're doing, what this money all means, because you want them to understand how money works. You can't go and grow, you know, letting your children, sending them off to not understand what's going on and how money works and how these positions that you're now in are going to affect their future. Now I say that, and I want to, I want to, shift a little bit over to, to Tony, because I do want to ask in the intro, yeah. you stated that, you know, your parents had real estate, your, yeah. you know, so how was that for you kind of growing up in, in that, you know, were those conversations talked about? What did that look like for you? Seems to tap on what you guys are talking about and kind of the shift in mindset we have to have. I knew about it. Mm-hmm. That's the extent of the knowledge right there is I knew about it. I saw the property. I knew they had property, but that's the extent of it. I didn't know how they financed it. I didn't know how mm. the rents work. I didn't know the people they dealt with. Mm. And I think that's something we got to get away from. Like you spoke about, we got to get away from this mentality that talking about our money as ego or consider anything like that. And we got to start having that conversation. One thing we don't see in schools anymore is finance. Yes. You have a 
we used to have a class called civics. That's right. Taught you yes. banking, yes. taught you mortgage, yes. taught you all that stuff. Yes. We don't have that anymore. And they've gotten away from that. And I mean, these are some of the most important things you're thinking about. You're not thinking about it as a child, but you need to be. That's mm-hmm. right. Because think about it this way. You start investing young, like you're doing, which is amazing. Helping the kids out, getting them educated and showing them how it works. By the time you hit 30, 40, 50, your money's already working for you and you're already in a comfortable spot. Mm-hmm. You're not going to work every day to work. You have to. You know, right. you're not hating what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Your money's already making moves so that you can kind of decide what you want to do and kind of head in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So we got to get away from that. We got to get away from the idea that you can't talk about your salary. Mm-hmm. Companies do that so you don't talk about it, so they don't have to give away more money. Money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Tony, you know, the point is, I always think like, hey, I'm what we're thousandaires. I ain't a millionaire yet. Yeah. But yeah. the billionaires, the millionaires, y'all yeah. think they're not talking to each other? They about talk money? all day long. That's they collude. That is that is Lamar Jackson. And that's and that's how they got that money. Exactly. And that's how they get richer. Is, hey, by the way, I'm investing in this. You need mm-hmm. to look at it. Because they talk to each other. Or hey, I was thinking about this stock. You know somebody over at this company, what's going exactly. on? Exactly. The problem is, is we don't have those conversations 100%. down here. You know what I mean? Like you said, the first time investors and the people who are just starting to kind of get rolling, we don't think about it. We just kind of wade into the water like, what's mm-hmm. this about? Right. Like, what's happening? Like, how does this work? Right. And we have no idea. Mm-hmm. And the problem is we're talking to people who don't talk to each other either, so they don't have any idea. Right. So now you got a group of people <laughs> that have some money, not a ton of money, talking to each other, and none of them knows what they're really doing oh, on a big oh level. Oh, my God. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? And like I said, that's one of the reasons why, for me, real estate and the Halter Group makes sense. I don't have that big money yet, mm-hmm. yet, yeah. <laughs> yet, but we're heading in the right direction. But I want to get in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A lot of these people with money, they can walk right in. They've yeah. got the money to just walk right in and do it. I'm not there yeah. yet. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But Halter gives me the ability to wade in. You know, hey, I have this much disposable income right now, right? Without not paying rent and then, mm-hmm. of course, being homeless. Mm-hmm. I'd still invest homeless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would. Oh, I, I, I would. I think the best thing was student loan debt. And I think uh, that a lot of times we think that we got to pay off everything in order to make uh, investments. Yeah. And I didn't want to wait. I didn't want to wait to, and I have six figure student loan debt. I went to very expensive mm-hmm. business school. But I understand that you got to look long term. Yeah. It's not just yeah, about absolutely. the present. That's right. Yeah. And to know? touch on what you're saying, right? You got student loan debt charging you, I'll be nice, five, six percent a month, mm-hmm. right? Five to six, six percent a year. You need an investment out there making that five to six Thank percent you. back. To pay you know what I mean? So if you take that disposal income you have, plug it into an investment that's making you five to six percent, you're covering that interest you're paying to the student loan people. Yeah. And don't even get me started on student loan debt. <laughs> <laughs> We got an hour and a half of this podcast. I need two and a half hours of the senator. I'm just saying. I love it. But that's the amazing thing about syndicate financing, right? I looked into it a little bit as well is it gives me the ability to get together with people like me who want to, but don't have the knowledge and connect with people who do have the knowledge Mm -hmm. to help me get in. You know what I mean? And not say, all right, yeah, I'll let you in for 150,000. I don't have 100. Well, I mean, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? It allows me to get into it and get my feet wet and feel it out first versus, like you mentioned, having a whole lot of stock and then watching it dip. I mean, when you're watching it go up, it's, it's it's great. Yeah. you're like, this. You love it. You're like this retirement's coming. You're looking every day like, oh, great. Love it. Right. But then the stock market turns and you're like, you don't have it every day. Right. You're like, shit. <laughs> last couple, last, last six months before when we came, I'm like, I know it's there. <laughs> I know it's there. I know it's there. I know it's there. Sitting on the couch. Long term investment. Long term investment. Right. You don't look. That is, the, that is the real. Right. Listen, I wish more people had that idea because. 
because I get those phone calls that are like, oh, my God, it's going down. You got to move me. And then I got to say, you can't. Yeah. There's nothing worse than compounding losses. Yeah. Like, you cannot do that. Oh, 07 and 08. Everybody sold out when it was at the bottom. They now they're trying it. to buy back in yeah. three times the yeah. value. And they're like, their money isn't worth as much. Right. Yeah. You cannot time it. Right. Once you're out, there's no way you can time it to get yeah. back in. You've just lost. And you like, want to hold real estate do. also. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. with real estate, right? When anybody asks me, when's a good time to buy, right? Because the market's all over the place and you do this for 20 years, you can kind of get a feel for things. Mm -hmm. No one can predict a pandemic. Mm -hmm. yes. And I tell them that. I go, everybody's like, when's the greatest time to buy? I go, it's today. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, what about? And I go, today is the best time to buy. Mm -hmm. Yes. If you try to plan for the perfect spot in the market, think about the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Everybody in 17, 18 thought they were in the perfect spot. Mm -hmm. Pandemic yes. dropped. You know what I mean? You know what happened to property values in the pandemic when everybody had more buying power and bought mm -hmm. in? Mm -hmm. Double and tripled. Mm -hmm. yeah. Had you bought in in 18 when you were hesitant, mm -hmm. Your property's worth twice as much. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Now you yep. got that equity. Now you could sell your home, take that equity, and buy the bigger house. Yep. Pay for your kids' college. Exactly. Do some things that you could do now that that fear would have held you back from doing. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. All right. Okay. Great yeah. points, guys. Great I'm interested to know about your student loan theory. Um, we have time. I mean, not to step up on the soapbox and platform here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. I look at us as a people as a whole, mm -hmm. Americans, this and that. Why wouldn't you want an educated pe populace? Why wouldn't you want your people to strive to be doctors, lawyers, financial advisors? Why wouldn't you want people to get into the tech space and grow? Why would you make education so cost prohibitive so that it, one, basically traps you for 30 years after you're into it? Two, it keeps you from really wanting to get out there and study and learn. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the first thing I'm thinking getting out of high school is, man, I got to pay all this money and I got to find it mm -hmm. and hope that I can get the loans, the buy now, pay bit later plan. Mm -hmm. If I wanted to be a doctor... Maybe I'll look for something else because I can't afford it. Yeah. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a scientist. I want to be somebody in the tech space who comes up with the next great thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's too cost prohibitive. So I'm going to have to go over here and do this thing. I'm going to have to work this job. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not saying student loans shouldn't exist, but they should be tailored to helping people get an education and not more like trapping us for the next 30 yeah. to 40 years of my life. You can have it at the same interest rate as SBA loans. So, Facts. which is less than two per, or less than 3% now, yeah. I think. Um, cause I got one right, and I got it forgiven. <laughs> nice. So there are ways to like fix and address the student loan, yeah. you know, problem that they just don't want to do. They mm -hmm. just don't want to. Yeah. Well, because if so. you can make six to 20%. Yeah. Yeah. Why, and, why would you? Right. <laughs> and you got to remember too, they're not here. They give us student loans, but they're not here to give us student loans. They're no. here to help their shareholders. Correct. Exactly. That's their goal. Whereas I think it should be the other way around. We should be here to help students and people mm, yeah. and the kids. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm worried about tomorrow's youth. Yeah. I'm legit because yeah. these are the people that are going to be running the country yeah. for me. Yeah. These yeah, are the people that are making decisions that are going to affect my life. And it's scary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like when we're talking about the Halterra group, right? You got to seek, seek, seek. <laughs> you got to seek out those, uh, you got to seek out those avenues of knowledge so that you can learn and you can grow and you can figure a way to move your money around. Mm. Like I said, if think about it this way, if somebody like you, you or you, or even you came and talked to my school about investing mm -hmm. in a civics class or something like that, I'm talking one day. Mm. I don't need it every day. I need it one day. Mm. So I'm starting to think about that when I'm young and not mm. thinking, all right, I got to get a job or mm -hmm. yeah, I know I'm going to college. Where am I going to move my money? What's my money going to do for me? Mm. We talk about retirement like it's this elusive thing down the road. Mm -hmm. And we start thinking about it at 50. Mm -hmm. Right. If I'd started thinking about it at 20, exactly. I'd be retired by 50. Absolutely. Yes. Exactly. I'd be retired by 45, to be exactly. honest with you. Absolutely. 
some of the moves I could have made, I'd have been retired now. Yeah. Right. And I'm not going to lie. I look forward to sitting on my couch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. do you? Yeah. Oh, girl, I have a great couch. <laughs> I have an amazing couch. Like, no, seriously, I've had friends be like, it's a good couch. Damn. Damn. <laughs> but obviously, You're like, when are you leaving? Right. <laughs> but obviously the travel and everything else, you know, you want to, you want to get to a point in your life where you're doing things because you want to do them, not because you have to, yeah, right? right? I work a nine to five right now because yeah. I have to. Yeah. No, financial literacy is everything. And yeah. We were having a conversation earlier about, you know, especially automation, right? And how that's coming mm. in and mm. impacting yeah, everyone's career. Um, AI's been around though, yeah. 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 And, and, and pro but probably getting us closer to where, you know, you need to start thinking about retirement. You need to start thinking about your future a lot yeah. sooner, right? Yeah. So, but yes, it has been around. But, but I mean, it blows my mind. I have to cut you off no, about ninety percent of jobs will be gone in twenty years. Yeah, yeah. that still blows my mind. Yeah. Ninety percent of current jobs, though. So yeah. understand, it's just like what what happened with manufacturing jobs. Okay. You know, you have a shift in skill sets that mm. now you have to reteach folks. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? There's still, there's so much opportunity. I always say we live in a great country, but we got to have just like some forethought and long-term planning. Like we got to update everything, y'all. Mm -hmm. You know, even if we want AI to work properly, we don't have the systems in place. We don't have the Wi-Fi in place. We don't have the infrastructure that supports yeah. the things mm -hmm. that we're trying to do. So that doesn't mean that jobs are disappearing. They're just going to shift and be in another area. So kind of keeping your skill set you know, diversified, you know, I work in tech, AI is a big thing, but we've been talking about AI and I've always been thoughtful about like, all right, if I know, and we went through lots of layoffs, thank God I still have my job. But like, right. I want to think about how can I continue to like stay on top, stay at the forefront of what's happening in industry. You know, you got to just shift your focus and mindset that, hey, this is my job. I'm always going to do this. No, you got to start thinking, what can I do in the future? Because I don't want to sit on my couch all the time, Tony. But, <laughs> you know, that, yeah. it's yeah, a great I wanna, couch. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. I get it. But I want to see where else like I can put my skill, help pour into others. Like there's just going to be a shift in the way that I do business, do work maybe 10 years from now, 15 years yeah. from now. So, you know, that's kind of how I look at it versus like the jobs are going away. It's just shifting. Yeah. It's a yeah. shift. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to your point, I mean, you look at jobs back in the 80s, 70s, 50s, you look at jobs now, jobs will be created. Yeah, mm -hmm. always. You constantly got to be growing, seeking out yeah. knowledge and advancing yourself. Yeah. Advancing yourself every day. Advancing <laughs> yourself. And I kind of kind of feeds into what Haltier is trying to do. Right. We can't invest maybe the way that our parents invested. Right. Mm -hmm. Syndicates weren't around when our parents. Well, my mom wasn't one of those people, but other folks who may not be a first generation investor, they probably didn't have the opportunity to come together and put their funds in a very organized way. So we even have to shift the way that we invest our money. So mm -hmm. it's just always just shifting. There's new and different ways to do things. So mm -hmm. I think it's super important for us not to get stuck in just that one way to make money, mm -hmm. stuck in just that one way to invest money. Like there's just so much opportunity. There's just a lot out here for us to do. We got to just not be afraid and take advantage of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. I think um, one of the the things that we we have to understand, and I think you kind of mentioned it, is that retirement looks different for different people, right? Yeah. Everybody has their own space of what that looks like. And I can see, especially someone in your space, never wanting to necessarily let that go, like always moving, teaching, doing, right? Trying to, trying to make that happen. And you have that mindset, right? The question that I have is, why do you think we have such a hard time sharing the information? Right. What is it? What is it about when, you know, we're winning that we don't want others to win with us? 
right? As it relates to, there's a lot of that, you know, kind of, especially kind of in the, in the, in the younger generation right now, like, like you said, the hoarding of the information, only us, only we, only me, right? I'm the only one that could, that could win around my, it's almost like that clout thing, right? You, you, you want to be the best at, at this and you don't want others around you to win. Why do you think we, a lot of us have that personality? I could agree. Well, greed. Yeah, that and I mean, fear of loss. Yes. If I teach you how to do it, you'll do it, and that'll be less opportunities for me. That's right. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. if I show you how to do this thing, I'm gone. You'll take it. You'll run. Yeah. But you might take that opportunity that I have, and now I'll look back and wish I had been able to do that. Mm -hmm. It's a terrible mindset. There's plenty is. of opportunity yeah. out there for everybody. And yeah. honestly, like you know, as black people, a lot of it's just rooted in like racism, like. <laughs> they always say, if you go back and look at the way we operate and function, a lot of it is because of racism. So if we think about it, we are coming from a generation of people. We're very communal, mm -hmm. but like we think about what we're communal with, you mm -hmm. know, certain types of resources. Are you hungry? I got you. OK, yeah. I'm a, mm -hmm. I'm a, I will feed you. I will bring you salt. I will do all these things, you know. However, when you start thinking about other things like money, we we have such a. Mm -hmm. I guess we're, we have our history of not necessarily, you know, getting a lot of access to capital, getting mm -hmm. a lot of access to funds. So I think that mentality is like bred from lack. So I always think about like, you know, how how and why do we move the way that we do? A lot of it is lack mentality. Mm -hmm. So there's not enough out here for us all to have it. Right. So I am going to hoard set things. But I think it's important. And you said this generation, like I, I feel Gen, Gen Z, because that's the TikTok generation. They actually do a really good job of telling and informing each other about certain things. Yeah. You know, so and, and in fact, if I if I can go back and think about it, because one of my businesses, I have a, a tutoring company for the ACT, SAT. I'm always around teenagers. I think it's fascinating how they like think. And operate things mm -hmm. like they want to do things different and then they want to tell people how they do things different mm -hmm. so it's almost like this braggadociousness around like hey I, I did this this way now i want to tell you so you can go and do it that way and then i get more clout because you're now utilizing my system to win <laughs> right. so it's almost a shift it's not necessarily how we used to operate like i want to hoard it no they want to they want to give it away and then you do it and now i got more clout because you're doing it my way you know what i'm saying right. so i think that we got to just get out of this lack mentality Ooh. like lack yeah. there is plenty around like yeah. i had a friend send me a meme this week because i I'm, I'm working on some things for, for coach cam test prep. And she, she reminded me there is every, every night I go to sleep, money is working on my behalf to make its way to me. That's right. It's, yeah. it's making its way to me, you know, cause there's so much out here y'all. Like it's so, so much, much. Un, it's so much untapped, like, like capital. I mean, I was talking to Marcy, we were talking about um, investments in, in, in the continent in Africa. I'm like, oh, yeah, I gotta get on it. Yeah. I gotta get on it now. Like, cause there's like, even like, as people think about the States, like there's not a lot of opportunity here. Ghana's popping, mm -hmm. you know, we're finding out more about Kenya, like all these other places where, you know, we can start forward thinking. So I think that we got to just have more conversations. I'm going to keep saying, let's talk about money. If all you're doing is talking about what happened on Love and Hip Hop, and I'm not a hater, <laughs> but if your conversations with your friends are centered only around TV, only around sports, like change circles. Yeah. You got to change. Something got to change. Yeah. Something got to give, because I want to have more thoughtful conversations. Like I can talk about that. I love sports. I love, you know, a good TV show. We were just talking about Snowfall. I'm catching up y'all. 
But <laughs> but when I think about said. like <laughs> like when I really like have these great conversations, <laughs> like it's with stuff that's super important, impactful to me. And at the end of the day, money impacts us, right? Yes. So we got to have more impactful conversations, whether it's about health, whether it's about wealth, like. Think about like, what are you really discussing with your friends? Oftentimes we suffer in silence. I'm not doing that no more. Mm -hmm. I told my friends, I'm not doing that this year in 2023. If I need help, I'm asking for it. Mm -hmm. If I don't know, I'm asking. Like we gotta like get away from that mindset because it is a mindset shift, right? What are you guys talking about? Like we have good girlfriends, but as men, like what are you guys talking about with your friends? Like, do you guys talk about your health? Do you talk about your money? Like not just like, I don't have no money, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, I just think that we got to have com- these conversations about anything that impacts us long term yeah. more often. Mm-hmm. And got to have it. And sooner. Younger. Yeah. Younger. younger. Sooner. Because, man, we do. We talk about it. But we talk about it later on down the road. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when the knees hurt, yeah. we talk yeah. about health. Yeah. We're struggling, we talk about yeah, money. Like, let's right. get to the point before we struggle. Yeah. Because to me, that might prevent the struggle. Yeah. We ever think about if we have those conversations, someone could say, oh, you know, Kamika, like, Hey, I know you were interested in this. Go do this right now. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I didn't even think about that. And then that might be preventative for me making a mistake or doing things. But we got to have well, the impactful conversations. And to your point, having those conversations as well will expose you to different ideas and different yeah. ways of doing things. You know, it's even if you are struggling, maybe you're just doing it in a way that isn't as efficient as it could be. And yeah. somebody else says, oh, why don't you just try it like this? Mm. But you didn't even think to have that conversation yes. or talk to anybody about it. One, maybe a little bit of shame. You know, I, I don't know something. I don't want to know that. Mm-hmm. Some of that lack mentality as well. I don't have the knowledge base, but we should absolutely talk to each other. If anything, what's the worst that can happen? We all rise up together. Exactly. <laughs> How terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God forbid. God forbid we don't. Fucking life, yeah. Like no, you might steal that. (laughs) (laughs) Right, and it's not—it's not a bad thing. And I think I think Tamika, like you mentioned, the TikTok generation and social media has opened up so many avenues. Right, obviously, when the knowledge is Hmm. correct and when it's when it's accurate, yes. (laughs) Big words, but um, but I think I think all these social media aspects have allowed kids to talk to each other and kind of expose themselves to things that they usually wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. You know, usually back in the day, Mm -hmm. for me, a little Mm -hmm. older, y'all. Back in the day, I don't know, Tony, are you 40s? 47. Oh, I'm 47 too. I know, Robbie, 48 in August. I'll be 41 next month. I'm older. Look at this. We we have no hope (laughs) of it now, right? (laughs) (laughs) May 1st. I got to respect your elders. I got where you came at me. I got how you hit me. But I think, I think, I think I love that I see kids and you're right. When it's accurate information, I love seeing them just exchange information. You even see some older folks. Mm-hmm. Us. <laughs> right? On TikTok. Hey, you're younger. I saw this one channel where this guy was like, look, here's some things I wish my dad would have showed me. And it's just this guy showing you dad stuff. Mm-hmm. Folding laundry, yeah. ironing clothes, stuff that we don't teach anymore. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know, when you do see stuff about investing nowadays, you see kids mm-hmm. and talking about, yeah, no, hey, I just put my money in this, I put my money in that. I mean, you look at cryptocurrency uh, alone. Yeah. It's yeah. just been all social media and word of mouth. Yeah. 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 Yeah, do I think you should go all in? No. Nope. No. 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 But if you take that, you take that momentum and you yeah. translate it into real, real estate. Yeah. You translate it into some stocks and some bonds and the other things and whatever you want to invest it in. Mm-hmm. You'll start to see people coming out of this. You'll start to see people not worrying about that lack mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we all going to be billionaires? Sure, why not? Yeah. yeah. But at least we'll all be stable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We'll all be comfortable. 
I mean, you know, I mean, I don't need $2 billion. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. I don't need exactly. a billion, a few, a few million. Right? But I want to be comfortable, right? Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. I want that comfortability of, like you said, constantly moving forward and learning. I want that comfortability, like mm -hmm. I said, sitting on my couch. No, not every day. <laughs> but being able to just do those things and I want to be able to help out my friends, mm -hmm. introduce them to things like that to where, like, I hear my friends struggle. Like, yeah. like they're putting kids through college. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. You know, what I mean, they're worried about what's going to happen tomorrow and they're worried who's going to take care of them. They got the kids to take care of them. But I mean, I want them to be able to say, you know, I spend time with my children. Not my kids have to take care of me. Yeah, exactly. I know people who take care of their taking care of their parents yeah. and not because their parents aren't able to take care of themselves because their parents aren't able to take care of themselves financially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're fully functioning adults. But no one talked to them about this when they were kids. So they just figured I'm going to work a job until, you know, Social Security takes care of me. Mm -hmm. And they forget that Social Security was supposed to be basically in addition to a yeah, pension. Yeah, yeah supplemental yeah. income. Yeah. yeah, it was supposed to help you with the little things that your pension yeah. or your 401k or any you of know, that didn't help you out with. Mm -hmm. It's not a retirement plan. Right. And we yeah. forget that. We always do. We, and now with pensions kind of going the way of, you know, the wind, yeah. it's a supplement for what? Mm -hmm. For that pension you create yourself. Right. right. Mm -hmm. But even like how you just said something like planning, looking forward, like, we got to just inform folks of yes. how to do things. I think about HSAs yeah. and how, hey, I get my job is very generous and helps us invest, <laughs> but I max out my, my HSA. Nice. You know, a lot of folks aren't thinking long term ramifications yeah. of our health. Yeah. Health savings. Let's explain, yeah. let's explain oh, what no. an HSA is. Yeah. Health savings. <laughs> you want to talk about? No, it's just a, it's just a health, no, it's just a health <laughs> savings account that allows you to put money in to pay towards medical expenses and things like that. that may not necessarily be covered or some that are, right? And you can reimburse yourself yep. with some of the, the medical expenses that you may have, right? Also, so but you can put it in the market and get yes. get yeah. dollars for it, right? While it's yes. there, it grows. So mm -hmm. it's not just mm -hmm. something that you're saving necessarily. It's actually in the market working for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Teach, it, teach. It, yeah, to tap <laughs> on the health. People think, I mean, you're going to be this young and you're going to be this easy going forever. Mm -hmm. And then you're dealing with a real health issue, yeah. right? You're dealing right. with a real health issue that costs everything mm -hmm. yeah. yep. and overnight you're broke yep yeah overnight, overnight that house is gone overnight your kids aren't going to college overnight yep. mm -hmm. i'm someone that's dealt with that so i know i know what it's like to walk into like wait what yeah uh, you yeah. just said what yeah yeah and you're starting to think well how am i going to afford this well what if i can't work well what's my next step yeah exactly. you know what i mean yeah. i've dealt i've dealt with that hmm. in a real space yeah. and for everybody listening mm. brain surgery twice oh wow, oh, wow. got the cancer yeah. It sneaks up on you though. Don't worry, I'm still doing good. Hey, Tony. Hey there. But that hits you, and you don't. I mean, you're sitting there at 38, and you're like, "What? Yeah. Wow!" And now you got to come up on some real money to pay for all of these doctors and specialists, and you don't want to just go to somebody who's exactly. You know, right. yeah, I, I got a doctor. You want to go to the guy. Yeah. You want to find the guy. That's right. Yeah. No situations you want the guy. Yeah. You're like, who's the guy? Mm. Yeah. But you also need the money to talk yeah. to that guy. Yeah. So but you gotta Tony, start you got to talk to your friends about, hey, this costs this much to me. Yeah. You know, do, have you guys thought about like additional insurance, health insurance? Because yeah. this happened to me. Yeah. Like no one's having those conversations enough. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we really got to focus on is having yeah. conversations around everything yeah. that impacts us. Cool. So, Funny you should mention that. Quite a few friends now have life insurance because of me. That part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Which is a, 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 yeah. a great, you know right some things happen in life like this yeah. and they show you different visions of what it is and it's like right. wait a minute am i prepared for that yeah. if that were to happen to me what would i do because mm. 
it's too late to get it when you have when when that happens, exactly. right? Mm-hmm. And that's a conversation I had with people. It wasn't the woe is me, oh, this is happening. I was like, look, are you prepared if this happens to you? Yeah. Right. Because yeah. most people aren't. Yeah. Most people don't expect it. Yeah. We're gonna live forever. And don't get yeah. me wrong, I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Yeah. All of us. Yep. But we'll I started I started talking to my friends about that. I was like, look, and they're like, instead of just, you know, like uh, just kind of going through things, this is what I'm going through, this is what I'm dealing with, and this is the money aspect of it. And they got them thinking, wait yeah. a minute. What if that happens to me? Yeah. yeah. What if that right. happens to a friend of mine, family member, kid? Am I prepared? Yeah. Right. Gotta be Most people aren't, man. Yeah. You're so right. Well, That's let's talk good. about one other thing going on right now mm. in the world. We have banks collapsing, right? <laughs> we have, uh, or some people would say a recession is looming. Some people would say we're in a recession. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so, very broad question. How are you guys feeling? And either one of you could start first. I see you guys looking at each other. I can like, go first. first. Um, <laughs> I. I'm not as bothered, mm-hmm. partly because I have a pretty diverse portfolio. Other part is I'm really young. Like I, I have to keep reminding myself like, and I'm, I'm not a fire person. I had no intention of retire at 40. That's gone. <laughs> but like, I just think that I have so much more and I don't think time is, you know, infinite, but I have a lot of time before I get to the point of retirement. And I feel that, you know, because my portfolio is so diverse, like I'm not that affected. Mm. Like even with like my tech stock, tech is kind of like even out a little bit. It's not as crazy as no hundred dollar <laughs> drops that we had last, last year. year was terrible. Last year was terrible, but we kind of we kind of riding it a little bit more. But like that's not where all my stock is. And yeah. I have some index funds like I'm not stressed about it. I'm also, like I said, survived this round of layoffs or Thank God, a couple of round of layoffs. But what I will say is kind of made me shift or kind of move a little different is, you know, I really want to make sure the things that I do outside of my corporate job is is hidden. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I have been putting a lot on the back burner with like my business mm. and I don't want to do that. Like, I want to make sure money is flowing from multiple places. I know everyone talks about seven streams of income. You know, I have about five, I feel, yeah, five, one, two, three, four. Yeah, five. So I want to feel comfortable that money is coming in from those streams of income on a consistent basis, because I think consistency is key. And I also am just being thoughtful about how I spend money. I don't, I'm not living a deprived life right now. I'm My birthday's in a couple of weeks. I'm going on a, a nine day cruise in the Mediterranean. Nice. Like I do do things, but like, I'm, I'm more strategic in planning how I do things. Yeah. I, I plan almost to the detriment, my friends say. Like, you don't leave room for like spontaneity. Like spontaneity costs a lot of money, but I can, <laughs> I can <laughs> buy a flight three months in advance and save right. on some things. So mm-hmm. I think I'm just a little bit like more planful and thoughtful about how I, I yeah. navigate my money right now. Not, not like holding on, like I said, I don't want to hoard my money. Right. I still want to have life, but like, you know, I feel, I feel okay. I'm not, I'm not stressed. Nice. Good point. Good yeah. Point. yeah. Oh, I've been through a few down cycles, a recession or two and <laughs> <laughs> collapse of the entire mortgage market. So. As older people. So I've seen it all. So, I mean, I started planning after the last big collapse because I'm not going to lie first collapse and I was living the life, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't money. I was like, Oh, it's just going to keep flowing. And then one day it didn't anymore. Mm. So this time ramping back up, I made sure that, it was flowing in other directions so that if it dips here, I'm still okay over here. So am I going to be a billionaire tomorrow? No, but my money is still moving forward. Yeah. Right. So I'm still going to be okay. You know, the rent's going to be paid. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not worried about those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Now, am I, am I going to just be popping bottles on the week? No. No, no, no. no, no. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, still out there enjoying life, still living, still doing the thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried. I'm not going to, you know, like, all right, I got to cut back to, you know, almost nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then again, you go through a crash or two, you start to, yeah. you start to think. Yeah, get wiser. <laughs> yeah, I needed to first, I need my money you, going in other places. You move, you move carefully. Yeah. yeah. I think carefully. you just made something or I just thought about something too. I think it's important to think about like income growth as small increments. Yeah. I think that we do live our generation, even my generation, millennials and Gen Z, they want things instantaneously. I think part of the reason why I'm not worried too, like my portfolio has dropped, but I don't feel like it's, un, it's we can't recover from that mm-hmm. drop. Part of it is like, it wasn't a massive drop and it's already started to go back, but mm-hmm. now has it gone back to what it was before? No, but incrementally it's starting yeah. to improve. So when you think about your investments, cause I'm trying to bring it all back full circle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my how tear is an incremental like investment. Like yeah. I'm not expecting, and, and I always tell people if you're coming into anything expecting returns of 50%, yeah. first of all, you better, you know, raise your eyebrows yeah. a little bit, Ponzi yeah. scheme. Yeah. But you know, I, the I just think, the yeah, word made off. Um, like I, I did expect. <laughs> Some incremental like return on investment. So I think tempering our expectations around what good looks like Mm -hmm. to me also has helped me navigate this a little bit maybe than I did, you know, 10 years ago when it happened. You just want your money, you want your money moving forward. I just want it moving forward. And to tap on something you said earlier, while you're sleeping, you want your money moving forward. You don't have to rely on that job. You don't have to worry about that nine to five. And if you lose it now, where's the money coming from? You want your money still in the background making that money. There it is. is. Mm -hmm. But we have a few minutes left. So, you know, for our guests, I want to see if you all have any last words of advice, any last few words that you want to to share. Oh, that's easy. Start now. Start now. Everybody's going to say, to tap, to tap on what you said earlier, people are asking when's the right time to invest now. Now, mm-hmm. and when they say, but if, no, now. Yeah. Because you'll look back a month, a year, five, 10 years from now, wishing you had, mm-hmm. when if you start now, you did. Mm-hmm. I love it, love start it. now. I love it, start now. You can make it- I would say, have conversations about everything. Mm. Nothing is to me, quote unquote, off limits. Like if you wanna understand and learn more about money, marriage, whatever you, whatever there's a lack or you haven't experienced that yet, ask questions, ask lots of questions. And there's no such thing. I always tell my students, like, I'm not going to knock you for not knowing. Like, I don't want folks to learn the hard way. I feel like I had a lot of hard life lessons. Mm -hmm. I don't want folks to have to go through the stuff I've been through. Like my nephews, when they first, when one of my nephews got his first corporate job, max out your 401k every year, bruh. Like they do a match, (laughs) max it out. Let me tell you why, you know? So I think we got to really have better conversations with each other. And if you're, if you're afraid to have those conversations, like start with maybe something, somebody you really admire. I've been very fortunate to have great mentors, especially in the corporate space who've not just helped me navigate my career, but navigate things I just never even had thought about, like diversifying, like your, your portfolio. Oh, you got your stock bonus. 
oh, this is what you might want to do with it. I've had those conversations with folks and I'm I feel really blessed to be like curious from that perspective. So I always tell my students, always be curious please always be curious. Ask questions. If people don't want to answer them, you know what? Then that's not the person you want to get some insight from anyway. Most people are really open with knowledge and experience. So I'm going to continue this to like, like force folks or tell folks like be curious about money ask people like have the conversations with your regular circle if you scared there's so much on the internet mm. like research 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 like please get that information so that we can like help each other grow because there's lots of resources and money to be gotten y'all yes, so ma'am. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. yeah plus you don't want to learn the hard way exactly. I don't want anybody find, to learn the hard way find the people that already did it already made the mistakes <laughs> yes. and be like I'm don't not going to do that, that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm not going to do, do that well, well Mike drop on that guys thank you guys thank you both you know thank you for the great words today great thank you for the education you know we really appreciate you both joining us today um, I mean, this this is, was amazing. This was amazing. So thanks for having thank us. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks I appreciate for it. Yeah, thanks Absolutely. for being And thank you to our listeners for joining today. This is another episode of Helping Others Win with Hal Terry. 